at a party. It was late. I was about to go home. I'd had enough. I'd lost interest. The food was pedestrian. The wine was annoyingly ironic, mocking my palate. The evening's conversation had wound down, yet there were still a few animated knots of people talking. As my eyes swept across the room in search of the coat rack, I froze. Because there, near the door, I saw a tall, willowy young woman with sandy hair, green eyes, and a translucent quality to her skin. She had such delicate beauty and such sensitive features that I, I felt riveted. She'd been cornered by a squat, bald man who was gesturing dramatically and speaking in a loud voice. I felt immediately drawn to her. She seemed vaguely reminiscent of a melody, a line of poetry. I knew there was something powerful between us. And when I saw her glance back at me, I felt an electric current as though a circuit had been completed. There was a sense of familiarity, but not the familiarity that breeds contempt. Rather, a familiarity that gave me the, the comfort of somehow knowing that, that I understood her intimately and loved her deeply and had loved her through all time. What I'm saying is that it was not love at first sight, but a love that had been rekindled in me. My mouth was dry, and I realized my eyes were filling with tears. At that moment, the hostess, Darlene, came over and she asked me if I'd had enough to eat and if I needed a ride home. Ever since the accident, I'd been forced to take buses and cabs around town. Or has your car been repaired, she said. And then she added, you know, you can stay here if you'd like. Darlene was desperate, lonely, clinging. She'd always had a thing for me. It wouldn't be any inconvenience, she said. I have an extra bedroom. As a matter of fact, my ex-husband left a pair of pajamas and some clean shirts. She leaned closer. She touched my forearm with her hand, and I could feel her breath on my cheek. Not wanting to offend her, 
I tried to suppress my annoyance and said, uh, No, Darlene, I, I really prefer to go home. I, I still have some work to complete before I go to sleep. Then, turning away from her, I saw the fat man fumbling with a plate of canapes. Alone. I desperately cast my eyes around the room. And the, the beautiful woman was nowhere to be seen. I looked everywhere throughout the apartment and then rushed out into the hallway next to the elevator. But she was gone. Feeling utter desolation, I got on the elevator. On the way down, it stopped on the eighth floor, and a woman who'd been reading a paperback book, who seemed distracted and somewhat startled by the opening of the elevator doors, got on. She was slender, with auburn hair. She wore a trench coat and a pair of tortoiseshell glasses. Our eyes met and we stared at each other, surprised by the fact that we were staring at each other. I was transfixed. The tension only broken when she laughed slightly and said, Oh, hello. And it was as if she was making fun of the fact that I wasn't anyone she really knew, but was still greeting me as though to say, Oh, it's you. And I said, Hi. She got on the elevator and turned her back to me. And when we reached the ground floor, as she stepped out, I said, Bye. And she turned and said, so long. And at that moment, my heart skipped a beat. Then she walked across the lobby and out the front door. And I could still smell the fragrance of her freshly washed hair. And then I was standing on the street, watching her walk off. Now, if I'd had the self-possession, the courage even of my own conviction, I, I would have run after her and said, a cup of coffee, dinner, a walk, an elevator ride, anything. But when that moment of courage finally came to me, I saw her hail a taxi, and she was gone. Desperately looked around for another cab so I could say to the driver classically follow that car but there was none to be had so I walked into a coffee shop and sat down at the counter despondently thinking alright get a grip I saw a USA Today in a machine for 50 cents and went over and read the front page. And then I sat back down at the counter. 
when I heard a woman's voice say, May I help you? I looked up and there, there was the woman who appears nightly in my dreams, wearing what she always wears, a waitress's uniform, white, with ripple-soled nurse's shoes. Her eyes, set wide apart, were dark. Her raven-black hair was tied with a red kerchief. She repeated, as if I hadn't heard her the first time, May I help you? Can she help me? My God, can she help me? She can help me by putting her face close to mine gazing into my eyes and by just touching my hand I wanted to say to her do you realize that I dream about you every night I never dared believe that you actually existed but I I didn't say anything all I knew was that I I couldn't risk losing this chance for happiness. That I had to remain there with her as, as long as humanly possible. So I ordered a cheeseburger, a Reuben sandwich with a side of coleslaw, a mushroom and barley soup, orange-flavored Long Island duckling with candy jams and wild rice, some beef stew, a turkey dinner with butternut squash, chestnut stuffing, hot Parker House rolls, and a sweet potato pie, bacon, eggs, grits, waffles, and syrup, a hungry man chicken pot pie followed by a plate of moussaka and a Greek salad with feta cheese, black olives, stuffed grape leaves, a chocolate malted, a few bottles of Qingdao beer, and a sour pear compote with whipped cream. Somewhere near the end of this meal, I became dizzy. The room began to swim, and I broke into a terrible sweat. I said, I think I'm going to faint. And the next thing I knew, I was lying on a gurney inside an ambulance, racing toward a hospital. But in the emergency room, I felt desperate. I said, you don't understand. I have got to get out of here and back to that coffee shop immediately before it's too late. And finally, after a few hours of blood work and monitoring my heart, they released me and I rushed out into the street and caught a cab. But 
got back to the building where the coffee shop had been, it had been leveled, completely demolished. All that was left was a vacant lot with smashed glass, broken pieces of bricks, shattered masonry, and some old plumbing and electrical wiring. There was a tarpaulin pulled over cardboard appliance boxes where homeless people were sitting around a fire. A small dog with a red bandana around its neck was yapping incessantly.